Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I hope you guys are having a great day so far. Starting with Tiff's tip of the day, breathe. When you wake up in the morning and throughout the day, remember to breathe. Close your eyes and really feel the air slowly fill your lungs. Feel the life force entering your body and exhale all your worries and stress. Breathe in trust, faith, and hope and recognize the incredible miracle of being alive through breathing alone. This practice has helped me immensely, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Go ahead and hit pause and give it a try. Don't you feel a hundred times better? Let me know how you feel in a week after practicing every day. Alright you guys, so for today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview a very kind and humble gentleman who comes to us from my very own country, the U.S. He is now retired, but he still stays busy doing voiceover work with his friendly, smooth, baritone voice. I've invited him onto my podcast because he has a compelling story that he is willing to share in the hopes that someone listening might be going through or might know someone going through something similar. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Howard White. Hello, and good day to everyone. My name is Howard White. I live in Illinois, uh, just outside of Chicago. And I was asked by Tiffany to be a part of her podcast, which I feel honored and uh, would like to participate. And I'm going to be talking about something that uh, hopefully will be a help to all that are listening. My, my topic, I guess, if you want to call it that, would be the journey of God's healing power at death's door. So stick with me. I'm going to give a little background of who I am, and then we're going to zero in on that particular statement and what he did for me some um, 14 years ago and uh, where I am today. So once again, I just, I'm grateful to Tiffany for inviting me on this particular broadcast or podcast, I should say, and I'll try to Make it as engaging as possible, and hopefully this will help someone else in terms of the things I say and uh, how I explain the different pieces of it, and maybe you can relate to it. You may have experienced something yourself that's been similar, uh, uh, similar in terms of not exactly the same thing that I've experienced, I'm experiencing or have experienced, I should say, but maybe some, another challenge that you've had, and hopefully as I indicated, what I'm going to tell you about will help you get through that. So once again, my name is Howard White I'm from Illinois, as I indicated, right outside of Chicago. I have a wife, a beautiful wife of 39 years. I have uh, four children from 30 years of age up to 45. I have six grandchildren uh, from five years all the way up to uh, 20, I believe. Uh, and then in between there, there is a, the, the girls are five or six and eight, and the eight is a special needs child. So uh, we want to keep her in prayer because a lot of things are going on there. But this is why I'm talking about this, because this helps me even get through that situation with her when we babysit her sometimes during the week because my wife or excuse me, my, my daughter's a nurse and her father works uh, at night. So anyway, uh, as I indicated, I've been here for at this particular location for probably close to 19 years in Illinois. And uh, 
Back in 2008, uh, well, let me just backtrack a little bit more. So I'm an only child, and I grew up in South Bend, Indiana, and I was adopted. So that was a little bit something different for me. My, I never knew my birth parents, and my mother never told me I was adopted. I just found out that I was, and uh, to this day, when she passed away, I never told her that I knew, but it, we had a special bond, and that was okay. But uh, that made me be very independent as an only child. And I had to really, you know, trust in the Lord. And I, my, I had an aunt who took me to church. Then after a while, I was going on my own. And that increased my faith, obviously, being a part of the church family, a better understanding of God and God's word. In preparation for what, you know, I'm going to explain a little bit later, what happened to me and, and how it happened and that type of thing. But anyway, that's kind of who I am. I worked for uh, a company a telecommunications company for uh, about 33 years. Um, as, as I mentioned, my wife and I raised four children. I attended a college in, you know, in a ball state in Muncie, Indiana. Recently, I have, uh, I took an early retirement probably about eight years ago. And um, I, I work uh, kind of part-time uh, on the side, but then my other side job is doing uh, voiceover work, uh, which is kind of like what I'm doing right now that you're hearing. Anyway, so back in 2008, how the journey began, uh, I was diagnosed with pre-diabetic uh, condition. So I never had experienced that before. My mother was a diabetic, but keep in mind what I just mentioned. My mother, uh, I was adopted, so there was no medical link to her and I from that standpoint. But I used to watch her um, stick needles in her, you know, her body because of the insulin. And I said at that point as a child, wow, I will never do that because ugh, I just can't stand that. Not knowing what was coming up, you know, years and years down the road for me. But anyway, so back in 2008, as I said, I was diagnosed pre-diabetic, which basically meant at that point in time, I didn't need pills or I didn't need insulin. I just needed to watch my diet and my health because I was right there. And then they told me right after that that I was diabetic. And I said, oh, wow, okay, well, I still got to continue to do what I do, watch my diet and so forth and so on. I really didn't understand that at that point in time. So what I did was I continued on. And then, in, like I said, in 2008, a little past 2008, I noticed that I had this internal physical change that was taking place in my, in my body. I had dry mouth. Uh, I was running to the bathroom to urinate probably every 20 minutes, and that was kind of very, very unusual. I mean, it, it, it's like it almost hit me like boom, and I had to go, and I didn't quite understand that, you know. And then my vision started to get a little bit blurry, and I didn't quite understand that either, but, you know, I figured, well, you know, something is going to pass. This is nothing permanent. And the next thing I know, I was uh, experiencing some degree of just being kind of really tired and what have you. And then I was craving, and this might sound kind of funny, but I was craving uh, Dunkin' Donuts smoothies. They had these smoothies that I had tried there before, and they were fantastic. And so what I would do, I would go by there, and man, I was craving those things. It was almost every other day I had to have me a smoothie. It was so good. And I would just eat the, you know, just the whole thing, drink the whole thing. And then a little bit later in 2008, 
I went to the doctor because I told my wife I wasn't feeling well, and he said that I had, he thought that I had a urinary tract infection. So he gave me uh, some medicine for that, and it turned out the medicine he gave me really shut down my pancreas and my system. And even though I was a diabetic, that just, uh, you know, multiplied the situation in terms of what was going on in my body. So at that point in time, what I did, I went home. And they said, yeah, stop taking that, that particular medication because it's damaging to you. So I stopped, but I, it, I had already, it was in my system at that point, so to speak. And I was starting to be very lethargic around the house. I would just want to lie down and just, just rest and everything. And then what happened was uh, my wife, who's a Christian lady also, she said she noticed what was going on and she was very observant of it. And you know, she's a diabetic also, and she, my wife is on insulin and was on insulin at the time, but she didn't experience all those symptoms I did initially, you know, when she became a diabetic. So, and I didn't, you know, how men are, sometimes we don't necessarily uh, tell our total feelings in terms of our health or the condition, you know, we think that our body's in, and we'll say, oh, you know, it's going to pass or it'll, it'll go past us, you know, so I'm not going to worry about it. But she began to notice some things. And then she said that one day she was just looking at me and she said, the, the Lord spoke to her. The Holy Ghost spoke to her and said, if you don't get him to prayer, he's going to die. Now, I'll give you a little background on that. At our, our local church, they have prayer every day, you know, in the morning for an hour. And then on Saturday mornings, they have it for an hour. At that point, she was led to take me, and we wouldn't always attend, you know, the prayer service or what have you, but they would have them, you know, every morning. It was just kind of a traditional thing that our local church did, which is a blessing. But on Saturday, I would sometimes try to go out, you know, from time to time. But uh, I was too, too weak and not feeling well, you know, enough at this point in time. So she said the Lord spoke to her, and she said the Holy Ghost said, if you don't get him, as I indicated, if you don't get him to prayer, he's going to die. And that's why I'm talking about my journey. It's a journey that, that, that ended up uh, a different way, but I just thank God for the journey because it taught me a whole lot. So anyway, I um, went to prayer that next morning. She says, you're going to prayer this morning. I said, I really don't feel well to go to prayer. She says, I'm going to help get you addressed or whatever's needed because I need to get you to prayer. And she didn't tell me what the Holy Ghost had spoken told her. But, you know, I went anyway, went to prayer. Like I said, I got there. And after prayer service, they usually have like a, uh, uh, you know, a song of uh, inspiration that they sing and before they dismiss and ask for any prayer requests. So at the end of the hour, you know, of, of prayer, prayer service, my wife asked for a special prayer for me because, you know, she, I just needed it. So the pastor came back and he prayed very diligently for me. And I knew I looked very bad because at that point in time, my eyes were, uh, you know, they were probably real glossy. And, you know, I hadn't shaved, didn't feel like shaving. And I was talking kind of real slow. And, you know, you could tell something wasn't quite right with me. So that was on Saturday morning. He prayed for me. The next day on Sunday, I got up and um, I went to the restroom. And I was in there for a while and my wife checked on me. She said, what's, what's, what's wrong? And I said, where are we? 
And right then, she knew that it was time to take the next step or the next action. Because if I'm saying that, something's definitely wrong. Thank God for the prayer that I had the day before, because who knows, if I hadn't been prayed for the power of prayer, then who knows what the next day may have held. So anyway, my wife called 911, and she called uh, two of my grown children. One is a nurse, as I indicated, and then the oldest son, she called him. Uh, he is now a youth pastor at our church, but at that time he was not. So she called him, and he met us at the hospital because she called 911. The, the paramedics came out. When the paramedics came out, they had said, let's take his blood test to see what's, what's going on with him, you know, this glucose, glucose level. So uh, they did that, and their machine only went up to that they use 500. And he said, I'm trying to test your blood sugar level, but it's over 500 because our machine only goes up to 500. We got to get you into the hospital. So they put, put me in the ambulance and took me to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, um, they did the tests again on me and all that. And the doctor came in and he says, well, your blood sugar level is over a thousand. Now, mind you, a normal blood sugar level uh, for a normal person is probably in the 70s or 80s range, maybe, you know, low 90s. So this is more than 10 times what it should have been. And they tell me that if you're around 800 or plus, that generally speaking, people go into a diabetic coma. And from that, some people don't wake up from that. Oh, my God. When I even think about this, the goodness of God and what he's done. Mm, mm, mm. So I didn't understand what that meant. I knew, wow, that sounds like that's real high, over a thousand. So I'm concerned, but I don't know what that equates to. So outside the hospital room, my daughter, who's a nurse, came up and they told her what the situation was. And she said, huh? Because for her experience, you know, seven or eight hundred, you're going to go into a coma. So she called her friends, uh, her associate nurses back at the hospital, a different hospital, and said, my dad's in the hospital and his blood sugar is over a thousand. They said, what? He's supposed to be in a coma. Because she said, maybe they got it wrong. And my oldest son was there and he said, no, I was right there when he said it. It's right. It's over a thousand. So to be exact, my blood sugar level was 1,253. So it was even more than the thousand that I had mentioned. Mind you, some people die from that because they go into diabetic shock or diabetic comas. But God, this is part of my journey. He was there to oversee me because I felt that my work was not done in terms of living. That's why I always say that oftentimes that our living, uh, whatever we do, when it's our time, it's our time. You know, um, we could pray for each other, pray for people. And that's what we're supposed to do because the word tells us to do that. But by chance, if the person does not get better and the person does pass away, it was just their time because it's the will of the Lord. And we have to trust the will of the Lord in terms of what he says and what he does. But uh, so I was in a hospital for five days. I had to start taking insulin, which I told you earlier, I would sit as a kid. I can't see doing that. So my mom doing it, you know, here I am taking 
blood sugar readings four times a day, so you're pricked on your fingers four times a day, and you're taking pills four times a day now, because they put me on blood sugar, I'm on, on diabetic medica- medication. And then also, now I'm taking um, insulin once in the morning, once at noon, once in the evening, and once before you go to bed. And after five days, they brought it down to around the 200 level, which is still high, but that was enough for me to be able to go home and recover. So I went home and my wife had to do uh, dietetic, uh, diabetic uh, uh, type meals for me. And so all sugary drinks were gone. Nope, not having that. You know, and the carbs, carbs turned to sugar. So I had to watch my carb intake because they told me, you know, you only, I can't remember the exact numbers, but uh, I only could do so many uh, grams of whatever, uh, so many calories per day in order to keep that, you know, maintained. And I had to check my blood sugar levels, you know, four times a day. And, you know, um, if it got a little bit too high, say it was like 180 or 200, then I'd have to watch what I was doing, you know, because maybe something I ate. Or if it gets too low because you're taking insulin all the time, you know, if it got too low, say if it got around 40 or 50, then you have to, you know, maybe drink a little juice or something of that nature in order to make that, um, you know, back up a little higher. So I did that. And part of my journey, when we went to the doctor, they said, okay, you keep doing what you're doing. And they told my my wife, you know, he's probably going to be on insulin for the rest of his life. And I'll tell you what my wife said. She said, the devil is a liar. No, he's not. That's what she said within herself. I believe the Lord's going to take him off of this. And about four months later, that's exactly what happened. Uh, I went back to the doctor and I had to take my blood um, readings, glucose level readings, you know, every day, several times a day, keep a log. And then over a period of time, if it was uh, consistently below 100, then the doctor could take me off of the insulin. And that's what he did. Four months later, I was off the insulin, praise God. And then I was just on pills and I just had to do the pills And uh, to this day, fast forwarding, I just, you know, do the pills only. I'll take two pills a day. And uh, that's a blessing in itself. And I must say that truly it is a blessing. Fast forwarding 14 years from 2008 to now 2022, that here I am still a diabetic. However, I only take two pills a day, no insulin still watch what I eat. Don't drink sugary drinks. Uh, I will have, you know, something sweet every now and then, you know, so I'm being honest about that, uh, but I'm not indulging and eating it all the time, every day and what have you. You just have to make sure you check your blood sugar levels consistently to make sure you're maintaining uh, where they need to be. So that's kind of my story. That's my journey. I was almost at death's door but God saw fit that I would still be alive and my recovery would take place. How did you cope slash deal with the pain that came with the obstacle? Well, the thing of it is, my trust in the Lord, my trust in God. And then on the, on the natural side, I had to do what I had to do based upon what the doctor said with my diet and things of that nature. And so I, I felt that I was going to eventually come out of that, but it was going to take a little time, and, which it did. So I'm just thankful for that. How did you learn or where did you get the strength to overcome that obstacle slash adversity? 
Well, I, I learned about it by education about what di- uh, a diabetic is, or diabetes is, I should say, and what a diabetic is, a person is, and all the, the, the knowledge and the history behind that. So I was, you know, more on top of what that was all about. And then in terms of, you know, how did I overcome that adversity or that obstacle? Well, it was that I'm going to live. I need to do what I need to do. And Lord's going to help me. So I asked for healing. I asked for, you know, asked the Lord. I even asked the Lord continually, you know, even today, Lord, please bless me. Lord, you know, continue to heal me. Help me with my health, you know, because I think that we all have to do that. One thing our our late pastor, uh, James R. Adams, in Posen, Illinois, of Abounding Life, Church of God in Christ, one thing he had said that we have to all, he said something about that really stuck with me. He indicated that every day he says, Lord, help me. No matter what the situation is, no matter what it is, Lord, help me. You don't know what you're going to be faced for that day. You know, it may be financial, it may be health-wise, it may be in your job, it may be on, in your family. But Lord, help me. And so that was my, it's my constant prayer all the time. What message do you have to my listeners that pertains to your story of overcoming? I would say that my lesson learned here is trust in the Lord. Uh, I trusted in the Lord from the spiritual stand, standpoint, and um, I began to continue to get guidance from the Lord and, and prayers from people uh, regarding my situation. And then from the natural standpoint, I tried to do what was necessary for you to be back in as close as uh, decent health as possible. So I followed, tried to follow the guidelines based upon diabetics uh, plan of, of uh, eating and things of that nature and what you do and what you don't do. And so that's what I would say, you know, that took me to the place where I am. Now, I, hopefully I, I haven't uh, bored you and uh, you understand my journey in terms of where I've been while well, I'm still on a journey, but you understand where I've been and how I kind of came through my obstacles. Uh, it, was it easy? No, it was not easy. Some days it was just like I was almost in tears back in, you know, right after uh, I was in the hospital and what have you, because I didn't understand what was going on with me, you know, in my body. But with God's help, you know, there's an old song, uh, one day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. Uh, that's kind of what my, my daily prayer was also, you know, one day at a time, Lord, help me. But one day at a time, Lord, I can't worry about six months from now or a year from now. Just take things one day at a time. Where can my listeners get in touch with you or learn more about you? If you want to get in touch with me, that's not a problem. Once again, my name is Howard White. Um, If you want to talk about uh, something or shoot me a question, an email, my email address is Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D, Frederick, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K. That's Howard Frederick at hotmail.com. So anyway, thank you so much, Tiffany, for giving me this, this opportunity. I'm honored to be able to share my testimony. It may not be much, so to speak, uh, or great as some other folks' testimonies, but uh, I believe everyone has something valued to share. It may be small, it may be medium, it could be large. But everything is a building block. And hopefully I have helped someone who's listening. And once again, if you need to get in contact with me, feel free to do so. 
So once again, Tiffany, God bless you for having me on your on your uh, podcast. It was an honor and a privilege. And if there's anything else I could do for you or anyone else, feel free to give me a call and I'll do what I can. Once again, this is Howard White. And thank you and have a blessed day. And thank you, Howard, and everyone who has been on this journey with me so far. My life has made such a drastic change for the better since becoming sober. I feel so alive and present in this moment, and I'm just so thankful to be here with all of you and to be able to connect with others around the world and listen to their stories that help us break out of our boxes, our comfort zones, our prisons, our molds. I swear, each one always pertains to my life at that moment, and they always seem to contain a message that helps me to keep having breakthroughs in life. Angels in human form, for sure. Anyway, guys, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.